everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters. And I am here as ever with my wonderful co-host, first podcast of 2022 with Karen Swim. How are you, Karen? Hey, Michelle. I feel like I sort of limped into 2022, <laughs> but that's okay. Um. <laughs> uh, hey, don't, don't. That that whole energy burst of that intro, don't let it fool you. I am I am limping right along with you. Yeah. Good morning, Trip. Yeah, I I really Trip. did. I, uh, yeah. I, I'm put it together. I'm I, you know I might have to have a do over into the new year in February when I'm feeling more like myself. Um, but we do want to wish you, um, Chip, and all of our viewers out there, Happy New Year. We're so thankful for you um, spending time with us in this brand new year. We're so thankful for your support from the past year. And we hope to just bring you great content this year and have a good time. That is, that is, that is the goal because, you know, work is work, but you have to have fun while you're doing it for the most part. You know, there are times when it's not, but today we want to talk about (laughs) throwing out the rule book. Well, not entirely, you know, yeah. I mean, we're going to keep the Oxford comma, but, just, you know, we're just, we're just going to riff on some of the rules of PR that we might still adhere to. And it's like, why? You know, work is changing. The world is changing. You know, it used to be, you know, Friday afternoon was always the news dump. And, yeah. you know, you never pitched on a Friday or something like that. And now it's like, ah. You know, attention is attention. So whenever reporters see something, they see it. So don't, yeah. you know, don't fence yourself in in all these ways that maybe you once yeah. did. I know, you know, sometimes we make fun of younger generations, um, particularly in a work setting when they mm-hmm. come into, you know, a position or even, you know, if, if you're working with somebody from a younger generation and they question things. Yeah. Um But I think that in 2022, it's something that we should, whatever your generation, whatever your age, it's something that we all need to adopt a little bit more because we get stuck in following these rules that really aren't rules. Like it's a rule that you don't walk on a red light. It's not a rule that you have to send out a press release only on three days of the week. That's not a rule. Now, there and there's a difference between hard and fast rules and then things that we've practices that we've adopted from wisdom. So we may have stats and data that show what's more effective. Understand that, but question that. Don't just follow something just because everybody said not to do it this way um, or because you've been doing it this way 100 years. I mean, I think about, you know, newswire services. There are newer newswire services that are challenging the status quo because we just accepted that this is the way that it's always done, that you can only have 400 words. And then after that, you get charged per word. And we just accepted that that's that's how it works. But then other services are like, yeah, that's stupid because we don't pay more for that. So why should we charge more? It doesn't matter if you have 400, 500, or 1500 words. So I think that we should, the way that we innovate and the way that we can break through and streamline processes or create new ways of doing things is by not just doing stuff the same old way. You, you, you get stale. And even if you keep a process, at least understand why you're doing it in a particular way. Question, you know, even if that's sitting with yourself and going, hmm, so why do I 
do this yeah. bad. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, they they always say the and one of the main enemies to progress is to just say, well, we always do it that way. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, I I keep that in the back of my mind always. You know, of in anything I do, okay are we stuck in our ways in this area, that area? So, you know, as you do start fresh, you know, a new year is always yeah. a great time to, you know, just take stock in, in, in your process, even your processes for your own business. Yeah. You know, oh, just because you always, okay, here's an example. You know, I love my little folders and my files, but you know, slowly, and it's been slower than I like to say, I, I still keep the folders, you know, Five years ago, I'd do the great switch over, you know, year to year and box things up. And now I'm thinking, do I really ever look at those files? No, I, yeah. I am 98% digital. What is wrong with you? Why do you have these folders around? So, you know, even yeah. things like that, sit back and say, okay, how are you really living your life? And it's funny, the little examples that come into your life that bring that about, the first time I ever leased a car, I was always a buyer. You know, I come from a car buying family and we buy our cars. And yeah. But I knew after a few rounds, my practice was, yeah, I paid it off. I don't want the surprises. Let's get a new payment and a new warranty. And then the salesperson I was working with, bless him, he's like, I said, well, you know, I want to own it. And he goes, you don't own it now. I said, oh, shut up. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that moments like that, that do make you go, yeah, you know what, why am I doing it this way? That's silly. And I think the lessons of the past two years is that the world has changed. And, And so sometimes the things that we've been doing the same exact way for five years, 10 years, 20 years, that was fine, but life different. It's kind of like, you know, we no longer put two spaces after a period and we we don't do that anymore because we don't need to, because we are not dealing with the typefaces and the same instances. And so we live in this digital world that quickly over the past two years has become more and more virtual, remote, hybrid. So if you're still doing things in the same way, you might be missing out that that worked last season, but it may not work for this season. And, and so, you know, I love, what Chip says, always do it that way is the worst answer to why. I yeah. I completely agree with that. And I think rather than, you know, I'm not a fan of resolutions. I am a fan of having a vision for your year and documenting the way that you want your year to look and the outcomes that you'd like to achieve. Right. But I think that even better than resolutions, which can sometimes feel just like something, you know, it just doesn't feel tangible enough to me and meaningful enough. Yeah. Treat yourself like you're brand new to everything in your life. You know, look at things with fresh eyes and begin to question yourself. Like, so why am I still doing this like this? And if it still yeah. works and it still makes sense, at least you now have answered that question. Um, I don't change things for the sake of change, but sometimes we have like these things that people do like, what, you know, I always hear people go, oh, you shouldn't pitch the media on a holiday, you know, or during the the last part of the year, everybody's gone. Well, who said everybody's gone? Mm-hmm. You know, people would say, don't pitch on the weekend. You know what? I have a few reporters that weekends are really the best time to pitch them. And I have the best conversations with them six o'clock on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. But if I listen to everybody else and their rules, 
I would never even try something different because everybody says, oh, you can't do that. Well, really? Who? Where is that rule book at? Where? Show me. Yeah, I don't. Never, I don't ever. have a copy of that. I must have filed it with my paper files five years ago. No, <laughs> you're, you're so right. I mean, the, the pressure, well, I don't even feel it as pressure anymore. I don't really care resolutions. To me, it's always, I translate that in my mind of, oh, you mean setting myself up for self-disappointment? No, thank you. But I, <laughs> I like to reevaluate and I even... Yeah. You know, I don't have it nailed by January 1st, but I do like to do the, you know, the word of the year, or the three word practice, you know, how do you want to feel in the new year and, and what are the ways that will get you there? Um, I think that's a much more flexible, functional way to yeah. approach a new you know, a fresh start, no matter when that is. And you know what? You can do that every quarter. You can do that every month. Because guess what? You own your business and you can do what you want. So, you know, you have that freedom, which is is wonderful. So, you know, if something's not working for you and you want to just sit back and take, you know, even if it's an hour, you know, you don't have to take a whole day. Of course you can. That would be awesome. We, We often recommend, you know, if you've had an eye on a nice hotel that's open locally or something, have a business retreat or you know, or just take a walk, get outside and and just try and think, okay, how am I approaching this year? Am I, am I doing rote things even with my clients? Is it, okay, this is the time when I ask you this and you know, how, how are they feeling about that? Are they thinking, oh, here she is again with the same old, same old. Yeah. Always be reviewing and evaluating. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of business retreats and and that can actually happen in your own home too. So you don't going away takes you outside of your normal. Um, I have a girlfriend that, you know, every single year she spends a weekend in a hotel, a really nice hotel by herself. And it's writing retreat. She's a professional writer. I think that that's a great idea for, you know, anyone, no matter if you're, you know, a solo or, you know, if you work in-house at a company I think it's a good idea to just set aside some time for just you to, you know, create, create the reality that you want to have. And being out of your normal environment is helpful because you're free of distractions. And it's just about you, you know, carry a notebook or if you prefer to type it out. But I highly recommend just, you know, typing out like, what do you want each day to look like? What what do you want to accomplish from your work with clients? Because I think for particularly us as solos, we're not following a job description here. And we're not, we're not working towards a performance evaluation in the traditional sense. So you want to be satisfied, but I think we all want to do great work. And how do you do your best work? You have to plan for that. You have to create that reality for yourself. And, and I, what you said about just looking at even the way that you're doing things with clients, there's a lot of things that that I'm tweaking this year. And I started to tweak last year because I just don't agree that we have to just follow this script year after year after year. I think we should always be looking for ways to push the boundaries and, and to be innovative. I mean, we're solos and unlike other people, we're not boxed in. And so, you know, my message from all of this is don't allow yourself to be limited by somebody else's rules because they're not really rules that we all have to follow. And what may work for some people 
may not work for you. So you have to adapt things to your, your style of work, your workflow, your personality, the clients that you serve. There's a lot of great areas and nuances in here and how we apply these things to how we live and work. Oh, completely. I completely agree. And, you know, and that can even translate into, you know, other aspects of, of your work life, you know, just, just because, well, let's bring it back to comparison, right? Because how often do we get stuck in that mindset? Sometimes, you know, especially as solos, you know, you're sitting here at your computer alone and you say, oh, look what that person just achieved or, Oh, they're doing that that way. Oh dear. Well, maybe what I'm doing is wrong. And, you know, not to say it's black and white, you know, yeah, there might be some things you can glean or learn, but don't hold yourself to someone else's standard of what works for them necessarily. Now there will always be best practices. There will always be things like, no, don't text somebody at 4am. True. (laughs) Unless it's death or fire, but you know, (laughs) within reason. (laughs) Wait. Yeah, I mean, that rule about sort of the hours, and this can apply to the hours that you work too. Yeah. You know, time is pretty fluid. (laughs) Yeah, it is. There's a fluidity to the way that we work now. So some people really are early risers and they work early. And and sometimes through interactions with people, you get to know that. Um, Working across time zones, you know, we work with in multiple time zones now, especially right. with the rise of digital nomadism and remote work. And so who said that you have to work eight to five Eastern standard time, Monday through Friday, who told you that? Right. I mean, those, you know, companies make rules for their employees, but you're a company too. So you can make your own rules. So mm-hmm. if that doesn't work for you. Just don't do it. You know, right. I don't, I, Starting work at eight o'clock would make me hateful. <laughs> it just, I'm sorry. I would want to throw shoes at people. <laughs> and it's not that I'm not necessarily awake. It's just that I don't want to be working that early. I'm doing other things in the morning. So yeah, waking up my brain for one, for one thing, you know, and yeah. And there's this beautiful thing called, you know, you can schedule emails if you, if you want to keep the boundaries of, of that kind of, you know, if you want to keep yeah let's say business hours with your technology, of course, you know, we know with time, with time zones, that's different. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you can even schedule text messages and your emails. So, you know, because sometimes that, that can communicate to a client who thinks, oh, oh, it's okay to, you know, reach them. But it's going to be particular to every person and even every client relationship. Some clients you don't mind. Oh, sure. You know, whenever, or if the work, calls for it. Yeah. I want to know that right away. We need to deal with this right away and other things. No, no, no. So, I mean, and we all know this intrinsically. I think sometimes as I think we talk about this a lot on this podcast, you need to, sometimes you need to hear permission from someone else. So we're giving you permission to, you know, adapt as you need that fits your business best, that helps you succeed in the best way that's right for you. I think we're all at some point soon this year, we're going to do, we're going to start doing um, hack shows. We're going to show you some hacks so that some productivity hacks and email is going to be at the top of the list, but I would love for to draw your attention to our favorite friend, Chip Griffin, who so is one of our favorite guests and he'll be on this year because I'm going to (laughs) beg this. If you steal this tip right here, it will transform your life. I promise you 
email when it works for you. (laughs) I don't know why people get so freaked out about email. They they really, it's, it's as if you feel like people are watching you and breathing over your shoulder, forcing you to respond immediately. You don't have to do that. Nobody is forcing you to read your inbound mails as soon as you send them. Now, I know for us as PR people, probably we're, we primed ourselves to respond quickly because we all wish that reporters would do that with us. <laughs> but true. here's, and, and I've said, I said this to a colleague last year because we have one client and they were middle of the night workers. And I said, I see those emails. I see the emails after six because sometimes I'm, you know, on a digital device and, you know, it pops up. I see them. I do not respond to them. I right. do because I'm not working. And I realize that they're working at a time that feels right for them. So they're getting done in a time that's convenient. This is probably the only quiet part of their day that they have to get things off of their list. But just because they're working doesn't mean that I have to work at that time too. I'm not forced to do that. So I just don't. I let stuff go. Um, And the morning when I'm working again, vice versa, I may email something at a time that I'm not expecting an immediate answer. If it's something that's really immediate, I'm not going to choose email as the communication vehicle. So if you can just adapt this, it's going to take away a lot of stress and anxiety. And if we can understand that, especially now, none of us are really on the same kind of work schedule. Right. really are not. We're all over the map. And in the same way that if you are an Eastern time zone person, you're not going to schedule meeting with somebody on the West Coast at 5 a.m. their time. So why would you expect them to answer emails? Hopefully they're still in bed or they're up doing something for themselves, (laughs) working out or something else. It's not work. But just keep that in mind. Email is not this spy system where, you know, somebody's going to whack you on the head if you don't respond in 10 minutes. In fact, I think it's a great idea to set an email policy for yourself and you can mm-hmm. communicate that to clients when you onboard. I do that. Like, hey, we don't work nights and weekends. So if it's right. an emergency, here's how you can get a hold of us. I just tell them, right. we don't work nights and weekends. We're going to respond to your email during the workday, during the hour workday. And I think that that's reasonable. And again, just don't be afraid to set up these things and take yourself out of that. Because if you're sitting all day responding to emails, it is the biggest freaking time suck of life. That's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I mean, for myself, I chose probably more than a few years ago just to remove the email notifications from my mobile devices because it was it was too compelling. I had this compulsion or or even if I would see them, it would tip me off to what it was and and that would put my brain too much in work mode. And I would say, nope, no, you're not working now. So okay, we can't have these notifications because then I'm I'm too inclined because you know I like what I do. But you have to watch that doesn't just like grind you away of like, oh okay, no, 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 no. Not looking now. La 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 la. And yeah, you know, it's like pick up the phone. If you really need me, you know where to find me. Yeah. You know, you'll, you and you will, no doubt, if it's something incredibly urgent, you know, that really needs attention now, or, you know, even if it's a, hey, can you do me a favor and look at this? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. And you'll find that, I mean, I don't, I don't, over the course of the year, I barely have any of those lives on fire. And, and I do some crisis work as well. So, yeah. 
um, it, it's rare. Like it, yeah. it just, it, people yeah. appreciate those boundaries. They want you to respect their boundaries too. Yeah. It's up to you to set them. And then yeah. here's the other key. Make sure that you communicate them. I mean, yes. it's about letting people know. I was listening to this radio show yesterday and, you know, she reminded everybody she's a career coach and she talked about how we apply these rules to or best practices and, you know, things that we do to nurture relationships in our personal life, but we forget work is a relationship too. And so right. the same way in your personal life that you, we all know that communication is so key to having a great relationship, that's key in your work relationships as well. You have to communicate your needs. We are not, I think we just get this wrong and we see ourselves in this role of just being forced to do everything because we have a contract and someone's paying us. No, you you really don't. That's That's not the hallmark of a great relationship. A great relationship is give and take. It's good communication. It's sharing what you need to get your job done and to be at your very best. So yeah, just, and that's, I, I think that's <laughs> you can break. You don't have to do everything. Somebody said you have to do everything. Right. Right. And in what you're saying about, you know, the, the tyranny of email, 99.9% of the time I can vouch. I do it to myself. It's, my, it's not my clients calling on me of, why didn't you answer me yet? Why isn't that done? That's in my head. The tyranny is in my head. And, you know, I've shared before how, yes, is that an issue when it becomes a negative reinforcement? Yes. So, you know, something to work on. And and sometimes that does keep you spurred when you're tired or not motivated rather than, hey, maybe I should just honor the fact that I'm tired and not motivated and take a couple hours off. Oh, there's an idea. Guess what? The work will still be there. And and I think um, for many of us who enjoy longer relationships with our clients, you know, we kind of get to know the ebb and flow. And and you know, you ha- you then have that track record of credibility. Not to say I'm just gonna slack off because I can, but you know, they know you'll get the job done. So you don't have to be like <gasps> overperforming all the time. And I think don't start a new relationship like that. Right, hundred percent. Um, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you're setting a bar that you're not going to be able to sustain. So I think that you right. want to be realistic, you know, yeah. for some people, you know, we have this idea of having a bonding hit within the first 30 days. I say like, don't pull out all of the stops early on because then they're going to think that they're going to get all the stops all of the time. So you want to do great work, but you also want to be strategic and smart about how you roll out and how you ramp up because you don't, again, want to set this unrealistic expectation that, oh, we got you 15 hits in the first month. The next month is going to come. Are they, now they're going to work 20 and is that really realistic? And, and I'm not saying that you should, serve your clients less. I'm just saying, be smart about your efforts and your priorities and, you know, setting the right expectations because you do want to go the long haul. Yeah. 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 It's, it's managing expectations, setting them, managing them, being realistic about them. And same thing with boundaries. You know, I had a conversation with a prospect yesterday and yeah, someone I've known for a long time and they have a new uh, book coming out and, you know, it's like, okay, just, Let's couch this in. If we do work together, it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. It's not going to be, you know, we'll get you all this amazing coverage because even if 
someone down the line, an outlet loves it, they may not love it right away just because we want them to. And, you know, that, and that's, that can be tough. Even, even when they a hundred percent believe in you, they're still writing that check. of like, all right, I didn't get anything, but you know, you just have to have those conversations with them. I love this. Uh-huh. Don't serve them less, but if you're over delivering, make it clear. And yeah, because yes. Chip is absolutely right. People will not remember what you said in the beginning because they really don't. I mean, we go through an onboarding process. We have a document. We share things. We have a kickoff meeting, but we also have to continue to reinforce those expectations month after month after month. Um, not because we have terrible clients, but because we want to make sure that we're always aligned and that yeah. uh, we're not going off course because people do forget they're busy too. We don't expect them to remember everything that we talked about. So we keep it front of mind. Like, okay, we talked about this. Here's what we're working on this month. Does this still work for you? Here's what we're aiming for. Always set those measurable objectives that are meaningful to your clients and, yeah. you know, communicate that. Um, that is a role that I think that we should all follow because you, you have, that's, that's a key part of our role is setting and managing expectations and owning it. If you don't hit those expectations, yeah, don't exactly. be afraid to say, you know what we said, you know, here's what we were aiming for. We didn't hit it. Here's why, here's what we're going to change. Here's what we're going to we're going to tweak. Don't be afraid to say that you missed the mark. It happens. And honestly, if you're being innovative and creative, failure is a part of the formula and you need to, to have that built into your client agreements. It shouldn't, you shouldn't be expected to be 120% perfect because you're setting yourself up for failure, honey. I'm sorry, but you are. <laughs> no, that's so true. And sometimes you'll, you'll, you know, you may think that the, the message has been nailed 100%. And as you pitch it, or as you try to promote something, you might think, mm, you know what, let's no take it this direction, you know, yeah. and it's, that's fine, too. And then that's the, the wonderful thing about working with, with a company of our sizes, you know, whether it's a solo or, or a small yeah. agency, because we can, we can pivot. It's like, oh, you know what, let's try this message point or let's try this tactic. Let's see what happens. You know, it seems that that's being received better. That's going to be another great topic later in the year because we get a lot of questions around, you know, pivoting and and setting messaging. And so we'll help you out with some messaging for different types of situations. I mean, yeah. this comes up with in terms of contracts and how do I respond to mm. um, do a podcast on that too to help yeah. you out with that as well. And we might be able to entice a special guest to join us for one of these mini great topics. Somebody who's very smart, <laughs> whose first name starts with C and his last name starts with G. I don't know. We'll see. Chip Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Who we name check him a lot because he is such a loyal follower of our um, podcast, especially when we go live here on, on YouTube. So you know, check him out too. He has the Small Agency Growth Alliance, aka Saga, which is a wonderful resource. So we we love all we love all of these symbiotic relationships that we have yeah, um, we do. with each other. So and we also we love that you spend time with us every week, or maybe you catch up in bunches. However you listen, we are grateful. And um, if you did get value out of this, please share it around. And until next time, thanks for joining us on That's All Life. <laughs>